PGCE Research Bites, student teacher research from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Hi everybody, I have got one of my PGC secondary drama student teachers here, Cara Whitfield, who has put together and I have read an absolutely cracking assignment uh, for assignment one on the PGC programme. The kind of key guiding question of this assignment is how can drama educators examine and improve the Welsh curriculum in order to create an accountable anti-racist space that represents the global majority? And I think before we even get into how this topic came about, how you began to break it down, mm-hmm. I feel, well, we both feel actually we ought to acknowledge our own sort of shortcomings and limitations when discussing this topic. We are white women. I personally do not have lived experience of racism or lack of representation. However, I think, as you said in this assignment, we we need to acknowledge our position, acknowledge our responsibility in this anti-racist movement. And especially due to the power that we possess as educators, we've kind of got to lean into it, Mm -hmm. but acknowledge it. Absolutely. So now that we've done that, what I want to know... (laughs) Is how you arrived at this topic and why it was important to you, and without naming the school, the the lead partnership school that you were working with? Yeah, so um, earlier on in this semester, we were given an excerpt from Charlotte Williams' Black Asian Ethnic Minority Community Report. We never had a chance to really dive deep into it, Mm -hmm. and that already sparked some interest. And then I was lucky enough where my senior leader is the diversity champion at the school. Mm-hmm. And so we had lots of chats, especially me being an international student. So I wanted to choose a topic that wasn't just specific for Wales, but could be applicable all over the world. And racial equality and diversity and representation in curriculum seems like a global problem and not just a local to Wales um, hot topic right now. So it was... A bit of an obvious choice for me when I looked at it through that lens, Um, but also talking to my department and with the head of the department about our improvement plan for the next three years, uh, something we really wanted to make sure we were doing was that students from all backgrounds felt comfortable engaging with extracurricular activities. Mm. And we, we talked about doing a larger project about anonymized surveys, but then we saw some different issues with that as well, because I You can't ask students to come out of whatever closets they may be in and identify themselves um, in order to participate in a survey. So we thought that maybe looking at how other countries were developing their curriculums could be a good start. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And this is this assignment is specifically a desk based study. So whilst I absolutely admire the fact that you really wanted to come at this from an empirical perspective, you wanted to gather data from pupils this assignment was asking you to look at different sources of literature it was a critically annotated bibliography so that you could make some recommendations to the school to feed into that school development plan so how did you go about selecting your sources why were they important as a sort of because you only had six to to focus on obviously you read a lot of other literature so how did you prioritize those sources how do you find them how it was it was tough because at first I didn't know where to look because it is hard to find things that are specific to drama curriculum Mm -hmm. and then also specific to Welsh drama curriculum Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that just didn't really happen for me 
but I was finding pieces of literature written by feeder practitioners and other companies mm -hmm. that I could start pulling into it. Um, and there was a lot of work done with um, curriculum and English, looking and examining set texts that were taught through Key Stage 3. Yeah. And that brought me to the WinJet site and the different things that we're looking at through GCSEs and A-levels. Mm -hmm. And it was quite apparent that there was a gap in the content that we're being given. A lot of the content that we are studying is still by Caucasian males, and most of them have long been deceased. So <laughs> kind of re-examining what we're teaching and engaging with different cultural backgrounds in our curriculum, um, and not just for Black History Month, mm -hmm. and peppering it through the whole curriculum, because that is a huge gap that we need to fix right now. Yeah, this was really fascinating for me, actually. And it, it timed with some research that um, a colleague, former colleague at Cardiff Met had done uh, looking at teachers' choice of text. So when teachers aren't given the set text, even when they get to choose them, there was this similar trend for various different reasons. But what I, just to come back to your assignment, what was nice was that you had a real range in these cab entries of sources that dealt with like practically how can we tackle this very, very difficult and seemingly, you know, huge untouchable issue as classroom practitioners. Mm -hmm. What can we do when it comes to making choices for the curriculum, texts in drama specifically? But then you also looked at the identity of the teacher in the classroom as well and texts that sort of help to address this issue that I think we acknowledged at the start that you know, our own <laughs> identities, particularly white educators who do have a history of being the oppressor um, and how we deal with that to be in a position to be able to teach in an anti-racist way. So tell me about any of the texts that were relevant in that. Yeah, one thing that I found hard to swallow at first was a text that was called White Teachers Know Thyselves. And already that's so loaded. Mm -hmm. um, but it talks a lot about creating a positive, self-affirming, mm -hmm. non-racist or anti-racist identity. And it, it was so strange to hear that. But then I read through the text and it talks about trends and how white teachers in urban areas, of course, um, so it's not quite specific to our context, but it's definitely transferable, had disassociated from their own identities to engage with other cultures. But then it turns into this almost self-loathing or shame mm -hmm. when you are engaging with other people. And that's not going to be how we develop positive relationships. Mm -hmm. So we need to embrace our own culture and develop positive anti-racist identities before we can teach other things because if not then you know we we come across issues where people don't teach anything about black history month because they don't know how to approach it and they are uncomfortable talking about it and then nothing ever changes and i i know as well that obviously you your identity as a drama teacher and drama practitioner and your background as well makes you somebody who looks to our pedagogical approaches, our praxis as a way of addressing this issue as well. Mm -hmm. And you did look at, you did actually find some sources that had sought to use drama pedagogies to address this issue. Tell me about those and what you found from those. Yes, there were, there were lots of different case studies I found and some were very successful and some were very problematic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so one that I found was ingenious was 
Tanner Miller and Montgomery did a study with young children. So again, not secondary, mm -hmm. but it is still applicable, um, where they worked in Charlotte. And in this area, a black man had been shot by a police officer, and it did spur a lot of riot in the area. But people came into the classroom and started doing work with symbolism. I believe what they did is they, they used the idea of a castle mm -hmm. and kind of led a process drama to see what would happen in the castle. Mm -hmm. And it was strange that in this castle, everything inside the castle was good and everything outside the castle was bad. And through the play and through the process drama, the teachers were noticing that children of color had much more sense of danger around them than other kids. Mm -hmm. And that, that symbol became a symbol for white supremacy in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And if we replace those symbols with white supremacy, it really does open up a whole can of worms. Mm -hmm. And that's just with young children. But if we brought that into a secondary classroom and dissected these symbols and had an open conversation about it and dissected things afterwards, mm -hmm. it's just one way that we can really combat these issues that are being unspoken. And what I also admired about your critique of the drama classroom in particular was that I think the words that you used was that drama as a classroom and as a pedagogical approach is not some magic solution to all of these issues. <laughs> it's not some kind of magic space where, you know, because we look at the human condition, we are able to sort of create critical dialogue around through the, the processes of our pedagogy. We can't put it forward as a silver bullet could you explain a bit more about that? Yeah, so it's not a magic space where it's just a safe space right away. We mm -hmm. can't just solve racism in our classrooms through a process drama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we really need to just have conversations that are tough to have. And I think that drama offers us almost a degree of separation mm -hmm. because we can use symbolism and we can use uh, aesthetic images instead of just words that are hard to find. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I think it does offer a space to explore at a safe distance mm -hmm. um, but also we can explore not just issues but diversity and we can explore positive contributions and not just moments of severe oppression mm -hmm. by using different practitioners work as an example there's no reason why we can't be using uh, Tadashi Suzuki for physical theater instead of just frantic assembly there's mm -hmm. so many practitioners out there there's so many new theatre companies in London and the UK that are being uh, springboarded into action in local communities. We could start looking at that in a drama space. Mm. And, you know, you make the point that we need to be sort of having conversations and collaborating across racial lines as well, you know, working as, as drama educators, but also with these companies, because mm -hmm. it's, I think something we were discussing actually today in our drama session was yeah. <laughs> a lot of these practices aren't necessarily written down. You know, this is not just a, an issue with artists working from the BAME community, from the global majority. It's actually a problem with theatre companies and practitioners generally, who just might not have the time to write down their working practices. Yeah. But for busy drama teachers, you kind of need that education pack as a starting point. So I liked the point that you were making that, you know, we need to bring in outside agencies. We need to be collaborating as a solution to this problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that using cultural vendors is a easier way to include more into your curriculum, especially if you're not a specialist. If I know nothing about a certain theatre company, it's really hard for me to talk about it. But for instance, if I can contact a team, I believe that there's an educational team with the Millennium Center, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So there's an educational team there and also the Welsh National Opera. There's no reason why we can't have some members come to the school and talk or hopefully um, if the school allows it, go and see something that's a little bit different. Mm. And this is what I liked about this assignment, Carrot, is that you dealt with a mixture of texts that were both sort of looking at the issue from quite a broad perspective, such as the Charlotte Williams report and these big themes that are coming out from that really seminal report. But then some, as you say, case studies where we're seeing really sort of tangible ways that we can address this Mm -hmm. with our practice as drama teachers. So let's come back now to like what the crux was of this assignment, which was that you did all this reading and then... Not only did you make recommendations to the school, but you quite rightly reflected on, you know, what this meant, what the implications were for your own practice. So talk me through, what did you recommend to the school? What are you going to take forward in your own practice? Yeah, so my recommendations for the school and wider educational community was to, not to lobby, but to to write letters to external examination boards to try to encourage uh, more diverse set texts. Um, but also examine a curriculum and see what is not being taught and using pupil voice, right? In, in Charlotte Williams' report, there was a sample group of students who explained that they, they felt very much so that things that were being taught to them were tick box and they didn't get to actually engage with their own identity in school. And, you know, kids should be represented in their school. They should see themselves in the curriculum. So I think using pupil voice to... Uh, positively change and contribute to your curriculum context could be helpful. Um, I also believe in using cultural vendors for schools. Mm -hmm. Um, For my own practice, I want to be more brave in the things that I can openly talk about, Um, especially going back to Canada and working with reconciliation in schools. It's Mm -hmm. important to seek training to have those conversations and create an accountable space, mm-hmm. but also to use symbols to allow students to feel comfortable enough to explore these issues mm-hmm. um, and celebrate as well. Celebrate diversity, find positive contributors to the arts from different cultures and explore that and celebrate it. Well, good luck <laughs> with future work that you do, both professional learning, but also applying some of the things that you've learned when you go back. Sorry, we're going to lose you. <laughs> Maybe I'll we ought to. Uh, <laughs> Happy to be an alumni in Canada. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the last thing to ask you really is, you know, for, for fellow students who are embarking upon assignment one in in the future, you know, who hopefully are tapping into this resource, mm-hmm. any advice about how to go about, you know, getting the most out of assignment one? Yeah. Um, I think it's very important that you choose something you're interested in because if you're not interested in what you're writing about, it's not going to influence your practice as much and you're not going to be as passionate about it. And to do some reading around something that you're passionate about is going to help develop you and help develop the school. Thanks, Kara. No worries. PGC Research Bites comes from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and is presented this week by Emma Thayer. It showcases the best student-teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Thanks to Cara Whitfield from PGC Secondary Drama who joined us today to share her research. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We'll be back with a regular episode next week and PGC Research Bites will be back soon. Music